Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Media Boat Podcast. Hi, everybody. Today is November the 11th, 2020. Straight Lines Day. You know, there's a bunch of straight lines in 11-11. Also, Veterans Day here in the U.S. You may or may not have had the day off today. Uh, This is episode 253 of the Media Boat Podcast. And if you don't know what that is, the Media Boat Podcast or numbers, well, the second thing I can't help you with, but I can help you with Media Boat Podcast. We are a podcast about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order, but we do cover all of those, turns out. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I don't know which direction to point. I don't know. It's, it's always that way. You're, you're on my right? No, other way. Yeah, Sorry, you're always this, that way. The picture is reversed, so I have to keep in mind that... Like, oh, okay. That's me. There we go. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, he's Matt. Yeah. I'm Mike. Yeah. Read about podcast 253 episodes. Yeah, it's right down there. I can, I have I'm like a true YouTuber now. I have text I can point to. Text to speech here. How cool is that? Um, yes, happy Veterans Day for those of you in the United States. Uh yep, yes. 11 11. Wow, a lot happened this past week. <laughs> yep. It's true. Uh both in <laughs> No, just life. Yeah, just all of the above, just really. Outside Media Bow podcast life happened. <laughs> Happenings. It continues. Never stops. Even never in stop, 2020. Never stopping. It never stops. No, we covered that already. <laughs> to, if you want to rewind back to our, probably our first year of podcasting, we're probably Yeah, I think it was like that. episode six. Yeah, when we talked about Pop Star. Still great. Still holds up. <laughs> Still a wonderful movie. A gift to humanity. Let's talk about movies. We always start with movies. We usually start with box office. I'm going to skip it this week because this looks like the same as last week. It is. It didn't go up. So So. there's no reason to talk about box office. And we may stop talking about box office altogether. For a while. We're, uh, yeah. Until, you know, movies start coming out again, (laughs) which might be 2021 sometime. Yeah, because that leads us right into our first story here. It does. Our first story is about holiday releases. What's happening this holiday? We're in November, and, you know, holidays are right around the corner, usually a big time for movies and such. You know, take your family out to the movies. Or can you still? I don't know. Let's find out. So our story is about Disney. Disney is officially pulled their 20th Century Studios movies Free Guy and Death on the Nile off of their December calendar. The Ryan Reynolds action comedy Free Guy, which I believe is based in his, he's a video game character, if I recall. Yeah, he's an NPC character who realizes he's in a video game. Hence the name Free Guy. It's kind of archaic meaning for like a life in a video game, I believe. It's like, oh, I have an extra life. I have a free guy. I don't know yes. anybody personally who says that, but I've seen it nope. in like. But his name shows. In the sh- <laughs> his character thing is Guy. Guy. So it, yeah, it's a thing. Yes. Also, every screenwriter who has ever written a movie about or concerning video games seems to speak in this weird, like, archaic language. So it checks. Anyway, that was set to debut on. Unless December. you're Scott Pilgrim, which it's Get a Life. <laughs> yeah, but 
it's a special thing. It was based on a comic, so it's like different. Yes. Anyway, so yeah, that was set to debut on December 11th, and the Kenneth Branagh directed ensemble movie Death on the Nile was looking to open on December 18th. So with those out of the picture, that leaves Warner Brothers Wonder Woman 1984 as the only movie left in the holiday season this year, still slated for Christmas Day. Put a huge mm-hmm. pause sign around that because, oh boy, expect that thing to move as well. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, maybe not. It. Depends on how Warner is feeling about it. I mean, we've reported about Warner's focus. AT&T seems to be pulling them, pulling them away from completely focusing on streaming. So that's why they're probably hesitating on pulling the release. But... Yes, you're probably right. The dominoes are falling in a way where you would expect this one to be the last one to fall and be taken off the release schedule as well. But we'll see. Um, This should not come as a surprise, the story goes on to say, since the U.S. has entered its seventh consecutive day of 100,000 plus new cases of COVID-19, our current pandemic. Thank you for editing that number. In Western Europe, has returned to lockdown given the spike in cases. Universal we reported about last week. Yes, yes, last week we talked about that. Meanwhile, Universal, one of the other big players in this movie game, is sticking to releasing The Crudes colon A New Age, but it will have a shortened theatrical window just in time for a VOD drop at Christmas in home. So stream uh, digital availability by Christmas for that movie. Universal may keep their Tom Hanks historical drama News of the World in theaters for a Christmas release, maybe, and Screen Gems' Monster Monster Hunter, yes, another video game movie, is looking for Asian markets for an opening at the end of the year, but may or may not release here uh, domestically within the calendar year. Speaking of international films, Palm Springs, one of your uh, favorites of 2020, which had yes, been a Hulu release here. Media Boat Patent Stream It. Yes. Uh, starring Andy Samberg and Kristen Molotti, will stream exclusively on Amazon Prime Video in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Netherlands, France, and the UK. So they managed to um, sell the movie to a different uh, to a different provider internationally. So there you go. Right. That's because Hulu is mainly a U.S. Yes. The entity. Yes, has been for quite a while. Um, so yeah, basically the, the bottom line here is studios are having backup plans for a lot of these movies, except for, you know, the handful that aren't, uh, because theaters are still likely going to be closed. Right, so. and The Crudes colon A New Age is set to premiere in theaters, assuming they're still open, Thanksgiving <laughs> weekend, uh, the 25th. But also, uh, this coincides with Disney, who pulled Pixar's uh, Soul film and moving that straight to Disney Plus, which also gives credence to the fact that big studios may be exiting the holiday season. Um, So in a little side story, because we have reported on this before, but for some reason, Variety decided to make it its big news article, and everyone keeps posting it to me. And I was like, this is the news. We knew about it. Yeah. AMC has mm-hmm. decided that since they are losing $900 million plus this past quarter, 
to rent out theaters for $99. Yes. Have you seen this posted as well? So, no, I haven't. We reported on it, though, and it actually came up in conversation last weekend. Um, friend of the show, Christy, had her 32nd birthday on Sunday. Um, and we had a little Zoom call with some of her friends, and the subject came up because we started talking about movies and missing movie theaters. And I had told them about this movie rental, a movie theater rental service that some of these are doing. And they actually were, thought it was a pretty cool idea. They were like, and we did the math because remember when we reported on it, there was that whole thing about there's a minimum purchase requirement for uh, refreshments. Right. I believe when we also reported it was on for Alamo Draft House, which was yes. 150 up front for the theater. And yeah. then you need to meet a minimum purchase for uh, concessions. So it sounds like all of them have that cert, uh, have that, um, have an equivalent concessions by like by level. So like we had, we done, did a bunch, I think there, yeah, we were looking at 150 as well. We did the math and it's like, maybe you would end up spending like 20 to $30 anyways. So maybe it's worth it. Right. Because this was one of the plans that was floated around my birthday time at the end of October Yeah, of renting out a theater and having people show up as a surprise <laughs> birthday. Yeah. Except that is, tangential on there being movies to watch <laughs> right which there's a selection that you can choose from yeah or you know you could watch said film either on tv for free or right through netflix or hulu right. or disney plus or yeah. whatever streaming service you currently pay for yeah, and not a, have a theater experience. Yeah, it's a good idea in theory until you get up against what actually is coming out to theaters. And if what we're predicting becomes true for December, nothing is the answer to that question. Nothing that you want to see. Right, because if you already saw Tenet, mm -hmm. are you going to spend $150 to go see The Croods? No. With people <laughs> or split that cost for people? I'll tell you what, I'm not even going to spend $5 to see The Croods this year. <laughs> I'm going to spe spend exactly zero dollars on seeing the cruise. Right, and I we spent twenty dollars to go to a drive-in to see Tenet. Right, right, maybe. So, so, so anyways, don't get your hopes mileage up. Mileage may vary, yeah. but AMC did report an uptick in people requesting or inquiring about yeah. uh, private theaters, private theater rooms, rentals. I mean, that if that sounds like a good hundred dollars for it. If it sounds like a good idea to you and you want to see the Croods that bad, or if you want to see uh, what's in the box office this week, this week, the war with grandpa, for example, if you want to see the war with grandpa with, you know, 10 of your friends, do it, go for it. But maybe think about how soon these movies will be coming on streaming and you can just watch yourself. <laughs> or you can pick one of the many blockbusters that you have probably already seen. Yeah. That they are offering, uh, to view in a theater, but that's a theater setting. So you might get a different experience. Anyway. Otherwise, Jurassic Park is still the same Jurassic Park. Still. Still yes. good, turns out. Let's talk about our second story. Why don't we? Okay. Uh, well, we mentioned Warner Brothers. Earlier we did. About having Wonder Woman still on the, uh, the release schedule. Yes. Well, Warner Brothers' other tentpole big franchise, well, one of probably a handful at this point. Well, no, it's is, one of the three that we talked about, remember? Yes. It's DC, that is true. it's the Wizarding World, and it's Lego. Yeah, so 
We're talking about the wizarding, wizard, wizarding world, which is really hard to say, apparently, um, which, of course, has the Fantastic Beasts films, which have, until now, been headlined by uh, Media Boat Shrug Fest Johnny Depp. He ex- still exists, I guess. Uh, well, Or they did? Yeah, they did. They did? Because uh, Johnny Depp himself has announced on Instagram that Warner Brothers has asked him to, quote, resign, unquote, from playing the character Grindelwald in the third Fantastic Beasts film. He said, quote, I have respected and agreed to that request. So Warner Brothers confirmed Depp's withdrawal with a brief statement, thanking Depp for his work on the films and confirming the role of Gellert Grindelwald will be recast for the third film. Since the crimes of Grindelwald, the second film, wrapped production, AT&T since merged with Warner Brothers, uh, their parent company, Time Warner. You don't need me to tell you that. And the new CEO, Jason Kilar, Kilar, brought in a new studio chief in Anne Sarnoff. One of the most pronounced changes since the merger has been an overall lack of tolerance for the kind of controversy that may arise from talent like Johnny Depp, who has been involved in some controversies over the last few years. On November 2nd, Depp lost his libel case against news group newspapers, which he sued in British courts for a 2018 article in The Sun that called him a, quote, wife beater, unquote. Depp said he has plans to appeal the verdict in the trial and prove that the allegations against him are false. That has yet to happen, though, so don't blame Warner Brothers for making this call. Right, and this all stems from the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, Controversy. Yeah. Um, important to note here, of course, um, recent controversy, more recent controversy is, of course, about the author of the Harry Potter books, uh, J.K. Rowling. And you, I wouldn't be surprised to see in the marketing uh, for this third film, they try to distance it from the Harry Potter name and just really go hard on this is the Fantastic Beasts. This is Fantastic Beasts 3. Like, try not to mention the larger wizarding world for a little bit until the heat dies down i think you still see the wizarding world maybe because it's like generic and you'll see harry potter attached to it yeah no you're already seeing that with the video game uh with um is that an ea joint i don't remember who's doing that but um was that warner interactive no that's warner interactive that's right because ea i thought that was a rock star rock steady rock steady which is a warner studio um yeah their uh their game they've already when they put out that trailer during the i was gonna say e3 but i guess it's really the e3 time (laughs) slot last summer um when they put out that trailer it was very much like wizarding world like wizarding everything it was never harry potter and they said in the 1800s before any type of harry potter shenanigans got involved so Uh, Bottom line on this one is it's a very complicated franchise, which is just going to get more and more complicated as we continue going down this road. Right. And I've seen people on the internet kind of go both, fight both battles with helping Johnny Depp and trying to cancel Amber Heard. Because Mm. since that happened, other stuff has come out. Yeah, but eh, we'll see. All right. That's it for news. So have you watched any movies that have been released in calendar year 2020? I don't have time for movies. 
I know there's too many video games. Yes. That's been my problem lately. Uh, it's video games and TV and yeah. not going to a theater because there's nothing out. Yes. That's been my main problem. Yeah, that is a problem. But you mentioned television and it's time to pivot to TV. But we always start television with the sports corner. Okay. And there's a lot of sports to get through. Yes. A lot of sports to talk about. So let's get started. Our first sports story takes us to the NFL and the newly minted Las Vegas Raiders. Well, Vegas is a city of money, right? Gambling. Well, just so happens that the Vegas Raiders look like they're going to be out of some money. They've been fined $500,000 and they've lost their sixth round draft pick for not following NFL COVID rules. Right. So in week three, the NFL reported on the NFL saying they were going to find coaches and teams for not following COVID rules, mainly wearing masks on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Here they are actually following through with it with the yeah. loss of a draft pick and $500,000. Yeah. So if you're a Raiders fan, well, a Vegas Raiders fan, which I don't know if that person exists yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they do. If, if you're out there, um, then yeah, you're probably pretty mad that they aren't following these kind of rules. But, but then I think that if you're living in Vegas, you're already and probably yourself not following these COVID rules. So who, who really knows? But I can assume. <laughs> but yeah, that's quite a punishment. Yeah, but it's also a sixth round draft pick. And the last time any sixth rounder actually came to fruition of anything <laughs> would probably be famously Tom Brady. I'm, yeah, I like how your caveat is one of the most, like maybe the most important football player from the last decade. But okay, sure, I'll take your caveat. Right, but you realize that he was drafted in 2001-ish, 99? Sure, so two decades. Right, very rarely does a sixth round pick actually like make it big. Yeah, but... But it's still like you're, I mean, basically you're in the sixth round, you're one round away from being an undrafted free agent. Yeah. Well, goes to show you, you got to follow these rules. Don't get punished. Right. Uh, All right. uh, NFL's not the only uh, football around because Pac-12 was back. That's true. As we reported last week, college football's Pac-12 got back to playing college football. And Washington versus Cal and Arizona versus Utah games got canceled. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Oh, who could have seen this coming? Due to Cal and Utah unable to field a team after, guess what? Several of their players tested positive for COVID. What do you know? Because they have such a tight schedule, there's no guarantee these games will be made up. Yeah, no. Probably not, because you were saying that the way that last week that the way they organized this was to end before bowl season correct that's a tight window seeing as it's it, already november 11th a, <laughs> washington and utah have been contenders the past couple years i don't know if they're going to be able to make these games up and play no. and have a full schedule so i don't know hey the and players they, warned them the players knew that's all i have yeah. to say I mean, we, like we said last week, we saw that uh, 
Trevor Lawrence had gotten tested positive and he missed right. the Notre Dame game, yeah. which by the way, that Notre Dame Clemson game, mm-hmm. even though it was a backup quarterback, one of the best games I've seen in college football. Wow. In a long time. They were raring to go, apparently. Mm-hmm. But if you're not paying attention to college football, you might be paying attention to golf, as this weekend is the Masters. Yes. Oh, and in a very, I want to say very, and extremely rare circumstance, uh-huh. there will not be NFL games on Sunday morning. Weird. I mean, on CBS broadcast, I'll put an asterisk there. Mm, yeah. Because on other CBS channels. will be airing the Masters, the Masters. at that time. I mean, this is a unique year in sports, so I'm not surprised. Right. To which um, I had a very at length and at times heated conversation <laughs> off podcast with someone else about, uh-huh. is this the first time ever that an NFL game has been removed from the schedule? I'm going to say no. Well, you'd be right. Yeah. Tell us why. Well, two instances. First probably more famously, the Heidi Bowl. Right. For those of you who don't know, uh, long ago. It wasn't the the entire game, to be fair. It was just the end. Right. It was just the end of the game. Got canceled or got taken off air in order to broadcast Heidi. They transitioned over because it it appeared that the game was over. But it wasn't. It went to overtime and the Raiders won in and in overtime right. uh, it's the, against it's the classic Joe example. Namath against the Jets. Yeah. Very classic to where after that happened, the NFL put it in their clause <laughs> for broadcast that they cannot cut away yeah. until the visiting team has uh, finished, until the game's over, basically. And then that clause has been since added into every other sports clause broadcast since. The other instance I had to bring up was the was Fox and the World Series, seeing as they both occurred during October. Right. And as games would fall on a Sunday, you would have to determine, you know, day games versus night games. And since Sundays are usually for day games in baseball, they would take priority because World Series over football. Right. Uh, that was until 1985 when all World Series games were postponed to night games. <laughs> but until then. But until then. Yes. There was always the possibility. Trumped uh, football games. And eventually, um, since they would, did move to nights, eventually World Series games weren't preempting football games. They were preempting uh, Futurama. Correct. And that's, that's why the story failed. <laughs> that's, another, that's another story of another cancellation. Anyway. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's move on to the next sport we get to talk about here. Speaking of World Series. Baseball. Speaking of the World Series, the World Series of 2020 just happened. And of course, the big story was not that the Dodgers won for the first time in decades. Instead, the story was about how the Dodgers celebrated as, of course, their player, Justin Turner, who had tested positive during the game for COVID-19, returned to the field to celebrate with his teammates, even though he was positive. That kind of took over the news and people were wondering what the league was going to do about it. Well, guess what? The answer to that question is diddly squat. Uh, Justin Turner nor the Dodgers will receive any penalty following the World Series. What are your thoughts about this? What do you think? Should the league have done something? 
from the investigation that happened, they it'll be determined that they were at fault for not securing the bubble hmm. and not securing Justin Turner more thoroughly and not okay. having rapid tests available. So they are taking the blame on this and kind of sparing the Dodgers. Okay. That's but it does look bad for optics. That's fair though. Now that you put it that way, I didn't think about it that way. But you're you're kind of right. The league should have had somebody with authority come in and take him out of the stadium. Oh no, they did. But not let him return is the kind of the assump the assumed other half of that. <laughs> like I don't feel like that's like that's ob- that seems obvious to me is what I'm saying. It seems obvious that if you take somebody out, you don't let them back in. Right. I mean, they did. They took him <laughs> out of the game. Um, they put him into a doctor's tent in the mm-hmm. back or, you know, doctor's office yeah. for COVID where him and his wife celebrated off field. <laughs> yeah. And then once they felt that the excitement in the stadium had died down, then him and his wife came out to take team pictures yeah. and self pictures uh-huh. because they're part of the team. And then they kind of lingered around and <laughs> still took pictures and with people. And that's yeah. kind of where. What I'm saying is, is that the league is technically, you're right. You're not. Yeah. You're right about the league is technically at fault here because they could have had somebody watching him and making sure he wasn't interacting with the other team members. Right. I mean, it's hard to say, it's hard to put him at fault. I mean, Justin did put out a statement saying, I'm sorry mm-hmm. that this happened. This is unmitigated on my part. I will say, and, though, yeah. just, from, um, just from my perspective, um, it seems like this is a popular decision as Dodgers fans were in support of, of Justin Turner here through the whole thing. It seems like that's the vibe I got. I actually heard this news on the radio um, Saturday morning, I think, when I was on my way somewhere. Um, And the way that the DJ on the radio reported it was just like, yeah, they're not going to do anything. So that's great news. And then transferred to a song. And I was like, that's it? Right. This guy's just going to say. My friend's uh, Facebook (laughs) timeline. That turned into a big old nothing burger. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's kind of how I felt. It was just seems so, so like blunt of this dude just to be like, yeah, that's great news. And then move on, not to say anything about like the controversy, just like he was just super into it. And I'm just like, is that the general consensus among Dodgers fans is that they didn't? Well, the statement, so there are three statements put out was from Justin Turner saying, I apologize for my actions. Yeah. I should have been more conscious. Dodgers put out a statement saying that we should have been more conscious about the rest of our players and our team. Uh-huh. And MLB put out a statement saying that we as an MLB organization failed in our bubble. So I guess, I guess I, so I get it from a team. From so they a all three apologize, yes. but there is no result except yes. that five members of the Dodgers organization did test positive from it. I realize that. I'm just saying that when you consider the potential lethality of this disease, this seems like it's an unequal response. Just maybe, I don't know. That's my well, like perspective I said, five on people it. test positive after it, 10 days after that happened. Yeah, I guess. So I don't know. Whatever. 
we need to move on so I don't want to dwell on it too long. But yeah, what a weird, what a weird story. No, it wasn't the weirdest thing that happened in baseball. <laughs> no, apparently it wasn't because our second story has to do with Boston Red Sox hire Alex Cora, uh, who, after parting ways in January, wait, how's this? Oh, sorry, that's manager. Boston hire manager. Hire, you just have hire. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So let me rephrase this entire story now that I know the context. So the Boston Red Sox have hired manager Alex Cora after parting ways from the from the team in January when the when the league found he was part of the sign stealing scheme. Yeah, remember back in January when we were all worried about the Astros <laughs> sign stealing? Oh and such, trash such, cans. And then that correlated into Alex Cora on the I didn't get on the Boston Red Sox, who also was found guilty of sign stealing. Yes. And so the Boston Red Sox decided to part ways with him. Yeah. In January. But they are rehiring him here. They're rehiring him. Because <laughs> the thing is, I guess the heat is down enough. Saying that he sat out uh, this season, and that's penance enough. Ugh. Either Again, that or he, he went to the Bill Belichick School of Stealing Signs <laughs> while he was out. <laughs> maybe. Learned maybe he did. Oh, boy. Yeah, just I feel like, I don't know. Again, I'm like feeling the, the response is not equal to the whenever, whenever sports fans know better than I do, We're about I guess. to tell you that wasn't even the worst manager hiring this offseason. I believe you. <laughs> no, I'm saying there, there was a worse one that happened. Yeah, no, I believe you. I don't okay, know. Okay, I'll is. tell you this. Oh, I'll tell you the story then. I, it's not on here, but <laughs> so the White Sox have hired a famed manager, World War, World War, World Series winning <laughs> manager okay. Tony Larusa. Okay. He like literally like two days after that announcement. He was pulled over for speeding in Arizona, to which he flashed his World Series ring at the cop and said, do you know who I am? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, that also happened. Great it's people in baseball. A, just a great bunch of people. All right, let's move on. Why don't we to our next sports story here? Yeah, we move a lot in sports. Yes, big sports week. We move over to NASCAR, which you said last week. This is the final uh, weekend of NASCAR. And sure enough, we have a winner. Chase Elliott. He has become the third father-son, part of the third father-son duo to win championship. Yep, uh, his dad, <laughs> Bill Elliott, won earlier. You had to pull that up, huh? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not the biggest Chase Elliott fan. Right. Um, friend of the show, Tyler, who pops in there now for the NASCAR breakdown that we do. Sibling of the huge, show. Huge, huge Chase Elliott <laughs> fan. What excited that not only did the Dodgers win, but also Chase Elliott won. So now he's just pulling for the Rams because those are also his teams. <laughs> Last piece of the puzzle. Yep. Well, good for him. Um, next, we move over from the uh, from Robles to basketball courts as the NBA will be back on December 22nd. Already, I know, seems quick, huh? With a 72-game season, 
the Heat and the Lakers are only getting a uh, getting seven weeks off between winning the or playing in the finals and in Lakers' case, winning and reporting for training camp. So don't rest too long, LeBron James. You got to get right back into it. Well, that always happens. Usually, they have a longer <laughs> off season. Yes, usually. But yeah, uh, also seventy-two games is shorter than the eighty ten games shorter than the eighty-two games they normally mm-hmm. play. No word yet on if fans will be allowed or if they're going to just do a bubble like they did last time. Currently, they are going to allow them to fly. Mm, okay. But, uh, like to each city, but that may change depending yeah. on what happens as we round into December. I feel like That's the league like we did... reported in the movie section. Yeah. They're going up. The league did such a good job with the bubble, I would be very disappointed to see them do anything different. I think that it was a proven success. They should just do it again. Right. But I think that if they do indeed decide to do it again, they would put an East an East bubble and a West bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since they've already gone home. That right. would make sense. Well, not just that, but it would be easier for them to manage instead of because when those when they're in the playoff bubble, it was sixteen teams, mm-hmm. not thirty-two. Right, it's a lot easier to manage sixteen <laughs> and sixteen than thirty-two all in one. Yeah, so I'm hoping that that's that would make sense for sure if they did it that right. way. Um, I would expect if that was to happen, I'd put it in Orlando and Los Angeles. Yeah, do the same thing they did in Orlando. And then Los Angeles has plenty of hotels and Staples Center and gyms, mm-hmm. USC, UCLA, right around everywhere to practice for practice facilities. That does make some sense. You know what? I like to think we have pretty good uh, sports analysis for something without ESPN in the corner. I think we do okay job. Uh, Lastly, we'll get, in we'll get there. <laughs> get there. No, no. Anyway, uh, sport. By the way, have you ever thought no, about I mean, sports? We'll get to talking about ESPN in the oh, yes, we'll, we'll get to ESPN. But yeah, have you thought about like how the, our sports corner uh, sports corner came from just you wanting to mention like a sports thing, and it's now become a segment in the show? <laughs> I just want to talk about like my fantasy football team, and it's like, hey, <laughs> huge sports. Well. I mean, last week we didn't have very many sports, and this was like a big yeah. sports drop week. But I was just thinking about That's that just now. Me. I was just thinking about that just now. It's like we might as well put sports as part of our part of our thing at this point. Yeah, sometimes there's not a whole lot to talk about sports, like the dog days of summer. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there's not enough. Sometimes, sometimes we get bombarded. <laughs> Lastly, in sports this week, before we move on, hockey also exists and it will begin its season on january 1st so so this was announced prior to this week i decided yeah. to put it in here because might as well the ml the nhl <laughs> the nba <laughs> letters alphabet soup i know because the nba decided to announce that it was starting on the tw- on the 22nd yeah i figured put the nhl there as because well. those two sports usually do dovetail together so might as well mention it right they usually play during the, the same seasons winter uh but the nhl is currently looking into doing hub cities across the u.s or maybe canada mm-hmm. but they are looking to do hub cities that yeah. is for certain instead of having the teams travel that makes sense all right anything else in sports before we move on to television news no but let's talk about the big sports people oh wait yeah just because the 
this is like literally ending. Uh, golf was ending with the Masters. Mm-hmm. Baseball ended. NBA ended. Uh, NASCAR ended. Hockey ended. We literally all we have is football left. So yeah. So not a whole lot of sports left for the end of the year. We're back to just a little bit of sports. And speaking of sports, we move now into TV news, and we move to our first story, which is about ESPN, the sports network. Yeah, so you mentioned ESPN, how we are not ESPN, but we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about sports like we are ESPN. But the real ESPN, uh, unfortunately, has to make some hard calls in 2020. They are slashing 500 jobs as cost pressures from the COVID-19 pandemic are accelerating the sports media company's move into streaming, which we've, I swear, we've been reporting on since we started this podcast. The cuts, which include 300 layoffs and another 200 open positions being eliminated, were revealed in a memo from Jimmy Pataro, president of ESPN. They have more than 5,000 employees worldwide. The memo did not specify when these layoffs would take effect, but said employees will be learning about their future over the next few weeks. Pataro's memo noted that the company has already taken cost-cutting steps, such as executive and talent salary reductions, furloughs, and budget cuts. So this seems like this was a last-ditch attempt to save some money, as opposed to the first call. So at least there's that. Uh, ESPN Plus, their streaming service, has 8.5 million subscribers, but the company still gets its bulk of revenue from fees paid by cable and satellite operations that carry their suite of channels. So it's not successful enough to eclipse their classic business strategy, which means they're still feeling the pain. Right. Those aren't Disney Plus subscriptions, which no. was up into the 60s. 60 Just million. ESPN Plus. And though they've tried to bundle it, not everybody is interested in the sports program to come or programming to come with their Disney. So not everybody's going to get the big bundle. Right. I think that mainly stems from ESPN not having every sport available when they air. Yeah. Because those are still, as we say, locked to regional content right. regional sports networks aka hello sinclair our old devilish mm-hmm. friend yeah who will not give up broadcasting rights but yep. we did re- we have talked about espn purchasing those rights when they come up i think we talked about nhl rights last week or two weeks ago as a potential for espn to buy Yeah, so we'll see what happens, but it's not looking good uh, as they make more and more cuts. No, it's not, but this is also their way of trying to get to a more streamlined online presence. And sometimes that means cutting reporters or beat writers or XS. I won't call them XS because all jobs are important, but yeah right but it's a bottom line yeah it sucks it sucks let's be real um yeah sports journalism right now is a hard thing to come by uh there are fewer and fewer major companies doing it uh fewer and fewer sites that are are still putting up uh quality content and espn is the biggest sports commentary machine out there and if it's also failing to get this 
continued revenue, then yeah, there's something there's something happening. So maybe sucks. I know what they need to do. Cut down on unnecessary graphics. <laughs> My favorite segments of Monday Night Football. <laughs> oh man. No, they need to they just need to uh learn from the uh the election coverage and just make them even more obnoxious to distract everybody from where do you think they got the board from (laughs) that wasn't espn board originally i know i was like thinking like man sports and news are just like symbiotic relationship they're just learning from each other as the decades go on anyways speaking of a symbiotic relationship yeah so we usually save news about major deaths until after the after the uh, cancellations or renewal segment of the television segment. But for this one, the story relies on us talking about a recent death. Uh, so Jeopardy, a near and dear favorite game show of the Media Boat family here, of uh, a classic, decades of decades of entertainment. And it wouldn't be the same without its host, Alex Trebek. But sadly, Alex Trebek passed away this past weekend on the 8th and yeah uh we're devastated uh i'm sure millions of people around the world who look to jeopardy as entertainment and information every week are also devastated about the news um but there's a practical side to it of course which is jeopardy is a program on television that is continuing and so they need to figure out the next steps So Alex Trebek's last episode of Jeopardy will be scheduled to air posthumously on Christmas, December 25th, 2020, bringing the beloved host's tenure on the iconic game show to to an end after 36 years. Sony Pictures Television has confirmed that Trebek's last day in the Jeopardy studio was October 29th, just over a week before his death. Because episodes are filmed with a relatively long lead time, new episodes featuring Trebek will continue to air until the final one is broadcast on Christmas Day. Just a little trivia for you. Trebek took over as Jeopardy host way back in 1984 when a revived version of the classic show premiered. The original version of Jeopardy, hosted by Art Fleming, ran from 1964 to 1979 and was a weekday afternoon show on NBC. Trebek said he planned to only inform his producers that he was stepping away from the series on the day he taped his final program, saying, quote, Give me 30 seconds at the end of the program. That's all I need to say goodbye because it's going to be the last show, suggesting that he himself knew that he was not going to be able to continue hosting the show. Sony has not set a timeline for announcing plans plans to replace Trebek as the host, but already you see uh, people kind of floating their ideas for who would be um, a good follow-up host. We here at the Media Boat Podcast in the past have also uh, had our list of suggestions for a potential replacement. Uh, but yeah, uh, now we it's... even had an episode segment talking about yes. who Alex Trebek thought his replacement should be. Right. Um, when he was first diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Um, so, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's rough. Alex Trebek has quite the legacy. Um, mm-hmm. This happened early Sunday morning. And when I'm watching football, and they literally stopped the program to announce his death. Mm-hmm. That's powerful because it's sports. It's supposed to be something to get away from the news. And yet he had such an impact that they 
hosts literally stalked the show to tell the viewers that Alex Trebek had died. And then leading into the next segment, which was Red Zone, led in with the death of Alex Trebek. Yeah. Um, as most people heard about this, they obviously tuned into the Monday episode of Jeopardy, in which it opened with a one-minute, um, not tribute, but mm-hmm, but like segment, just so people would know. Yeah, that he had died, and that that he was a part of their family, and that then they quickly put out this statement that he had filmed through the rest of the year. So we do get Alex Trebek to the end of To Christmas where there should be a goodbye from him. Mm -hmm. Which, as I'm saying it, getting choked up here, Mm -hmm. uh, could be a nice send-off to not just him, but also to what 2020 has been. (laughs) Yeah. Taking away so many good people and just being an overall bad year. Yep. 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 It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. Uh, But, you know, they'll keep on trucking. You know, he would want the program to continue. He would want them to continue just at the level of quality that it had been when he was there. But yeah, it's not going to be the same without him. But we're going to have, we're going to move on. And they know that. So it'll be interesting to see uh, moving forward what they end up doing. But it's, but yeah, like you said, I agree. It's 100% amazing that he was able to get a last show in, be able to have a proper goodbye because there's a version of this where he didn't have that chance. And I'm glad that he did. Right. There's always that version. I mean, we, we don't know if it was taped. I don't think the producers will say if anything was taped, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll know, find out on Christmas Day. Uh, but I think that he might have known because even though they do take these way in advance, the when we start up in January, it's usually the tournaments, the teachers' tournament, the right. the kids' tournament, teens, college, into tournament of masters. Mm-hmm. So I think he probably knew that because those had not been taped yet, mm-hmm. he was probably not going to be around for them. Yeah, now that makes sense. Um, because those are usually I, pre-taped. Right. Uh, I have seen a lot of people point to Ken Jennings taking over as host because, as we reported on here, mm-hmm. he currently became a a consultant and a, yeah. a Clue consultant and has been doing Clue packages this past yeah. season. It would make a lot of sense uh, considering yes. he's now on the staff. That being said... Is that something so. he wants to do? And so that might be the reason for them to actually go into casting and find a proper new host. Right. But also note that we talked about off pod, either off podcast or last week about him doing a reboot of The Chase right, with three other previous Jeopardy contestants. So he's a, the executive producer and not host, but, mm, but an actual contestant show. on that show as well. So, yeah, so that brings up to the point where, like, would he even have time to do 
a commitment like Jeopardy, which is a commitment. I mean, that's what, the reason why Alex Trebek did it for so long is because it was the only thing he did. It was still mm-hmm. a commitment for the year to do that many shows. So, right, even though you taped them all at once, um, it's still, still a lot. A lot, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll, of course, have news as we go on, as uh, they make announcements, if they make announcements. Um, Seeing as, like you said, they'll need some sort of content for the uh, year for the upcoming year uh, that's not already in the can, they may have to make a host decision sooner than later, um, so they can start filming some of these episodes. But we'll see. We'll we'll see what they do. Either that, or maybe they'll do what they did during the pandemic and air some older episodes for a while until they catch up. But we'll see. Right. I mean, because those are specific tournaments. Mm-hmm. I don't think you would with a pandemic going on. Yeah, you put might. Tids, you might teens, not. college together. Maybe. Huh. Maybe. I don't know what you do. I don't know, I don't know what you do. Uh, this is, of course, Sony, Sony's call to make, and we'll see what they do. All right. Let's move on, shall we? Uh, real quickly, though, since we are, mm-hmm. are talking about Alex Trebek and pancreatic yes. cancer, this past weekend, Al Roker. Um, announced that he had tested positive for colon cancer. Yes. He made that news on the Today Show? I think that is what he, I think that's what he's on, yeah. Um, So, so yeah. Yeah. Expect that one or not expect it, but put that in the back of your head. Keep that in mind. I'm sure we'll see a lot more of Al Roker as we get into the holiday season here. He's a staple of Thanksgiving Day coverage of Christmas and New Year's. So I'm sure we'll learn more about that soon. So mm-hmm. our, our, our hopes are, of course, that is uh, he remains healthy, but we'll see. All right. You watched some TV this week. Last week, you kind of teased that TV was back, that fall seasons had started, and that yep. you were like, there's going to be a whole avalanche, more television shows to talk about next week, and the avalanche is here. I yodeled, and the snow has fallen off the mountain. All right. So, yeah, I got a lot to do. So before I basically ramble for <laughs> 20 minutes, did you watch any of these shows? Did you watch uh, any TV at all? What do you think? No, I didn't watch any of these shows. All right, all what right. are we going to talk about first here? Uh, first up, I mean, we already talked about Jeopardy. We watched the first episode back on Monday. Um, I continue to watch it. It's a staple of my life, childhood, probably most people's childhoods. Seven o'clock was dinner and Jeopardy, or yeah. dinner before Jeopardy. So It's true. That, I mean, I still put Jeopardy on at seven if there's nothing else on. Usually there's not unless it's Monday Night Football or Thursday Night Football or like World Series games, but Jeopardy is always on. So that's going to be hitting me constantly. Soon. But on the bright side, I need to be positive. Okay. And that is a segue to be positive. Wait, did you think I was going to go in order? Or were you hoping I was going to go in order? Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm All fast. Right. Go on. <laughs> okay, so the first uh, show is the new uh, I'm just going to say it. Chuck Lorre show on CBS Okay. called Be Positive. So I don't know how I feel about this. 
I'm judging by your reaction that uh, you weren't a huge fan. No, <laughs> but it is a Chuck Lorre show. Mm-hmm. So my expectations tend to lean towards the LCD. Yeah. The lowest common <laughs> denominator that yes. we're going to make the low-hanging fruit joke so <laughs> everyone can laugh with it and at it. Right. I don't want to laugh at this. No. I just want to change the channel every single time. <laughs> you start with the guy needing Thomas Milditch, the Verizon guy, the Silicon <laughs> Valley guy. Yes. You start with him needing a new kidney. And the only person in his life, not his wife, not his daughter, not his parents, no. the only person who is willing to give him a kidney is an old friend from high school who he meets at another friend's wedding where, you know, hilarity ensues because she's not, uh, you know, straight-laced as he is. Of course not. Drinks and parties and, you Uh know, one of those odd couples, the (laughs) complete opposite of who they are. Yeah. You know, very similar to Big Bang Theory, where also Chuck Lorre produced very opposite of who they yeah. are, where you have the nerds on one side and the hot girl on the other side. A classic sitcom structure. Very classic, except when someone's life hangs in the balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Not quite something you think you should joke about. So you're saying that the stakes don't quite match the, uh, the tone here? Uh, not just that the stakes don't match the tone, but because he's also put on the uh, waiting list mm-hmm. uh, for a kidney transplant, yeah. instead of you know waiting or trying to get his daughter to donate a kidney, he's trying to get a old high school friend okay. to donate her kidney, which she agrees to in the first episode. <laughs> but here's the catch, and here's where hijinks ensues. Okay. Because she's not straight-laced and drug-free or alcohol-free, she needs to be for, I think it's 30 days or 60 days or whatever, in order for the surgery to go through. Uh So, hijinks and shoes as he tries to keep her clean Uh while also, while she tries to live her life and show him a good time that death isn't everything. So, on paper... This isn't a bad premise. Doesn't sound like a bad premise. I can see why it got picked up. But it sounds more like, if you pitch this to me, it sounds more like Judd Apatow's new movie and less about a sitcom that will air weekly on network television. Correct, because you have that over-looming, hanging, I need a kidney. Yeah. So there's kind of a ticking clock. Mm-hmm. And it's not like other Chuck Lorre produced shows like mom or big bang theory or two and a half men or Mm -hmm. young sheldon where you have time to grow and learn you're immediately within the first five minutes saying you need a new kidney you need to put you're going to be put on dialysis and this is something that is going to be with a part of your life forever kind of harrowy stuff for a comedy sounds like that's something you kind of want delivered lightly, even <laughs> if there is physical comedy attached to it. 
This is why I prefer the other show on CBS, the uh, the Unicorn. Right. Which I talked about last year when it premiered. I think you're the only and person. I've seen a lot of unicorn. other people bring it up. That okay, all right. Liked I take it. that back. Hmm? <laughs> I was saying I thought you were the only one who liked it, but then I said, oh, I take that back. No, other people indeed like it and are talking about it. Um, that is a better comedy because it doesn't have that high of a stakes mm-hmm. but is more about you know life in general and moving on away from death rather than death approaching you mm-hmm. yeah so that was be positive <laughs> so I, not, I was a positive, not very positive you're not positive on be positive is what i'm gathering no. here um also not very positive on this next show and uh-huh. that is, of course, the recently canceled show at Fox, Next. Okay. So Next is Next. Got it. Yes. Next is Next. So, we so this is not to... the show Next that was on MTV back in the 90s, right? Right. And this is not the show. This is not, <laughs> not the based off of the show. movie Next, no, which starred Nicolas Cage. Also not that Next. No. This is next at Fox, where AI is trying to kill you. <laughs> okay, did not expect that premise. <laughs> so, uh, next. Tell me what you thought about next. That's it. It's AI is trying to kill us. It's mm-hmm. don't. It's trying to tell you not to rely on technology. Trying to tell you not to rely on things connected to the internet because artificial intelligence is real. It is out there and it is coming to get you. If you stumble upon it, secret. Oh, it's secret. This sounds yes. like Westworld. Westworld isn't about AI, though. Well, no, it is about AI. It's, yeah. But those are AI <laughs> robots, though, and not AI in the internet. Okay. All right. So so they're not physically manifested, is what you're and saying. And that's the problem. That's the problem. There's no because, physical threat to your yes. characters? Is that is that what you're saying? There's no physical threat. But mm-hmm. an AI computer can override a smart car to ram it into your non-smart car to try and kill you. Ah, that's a problem. Yes. So this sounds like Watch Dogs. Watch underscore dogs? Yes. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> like, like a lot of the stuff you're doing in that first Watch Dogs game is like, I'm going to make program this self-driving car to do this. I'm going to program this traffic light to change, stuff like that. Right, I'm going to hack this camera to spy on you. Yeah. Except there's not one person doing the hacking. This is just an AI that is sentient and is doing it itself. Correct. Is the AI working towards a specific goal? Does the show That's part of that the mystery clear? of okay. trying to figure out why it's targeting these specific people. Got it, okay. But because there is no central physical thing you can see and yeah. attack, it's everywhere. Which, so, you know, it does help that in a budgeting standpoint and <laughs> storytelling that it can be anywhere, it can be anything, yeah. and any because of that, it's literally all around us. We can use whatever we want at our disposable. So, at our dispose. quick question. <laughs> disposal. Think of what disposal. you're looking for. Uh, do you think one way that they pivot maybe, maybe is 
hey, we were able to deduce the creator of this AI who injected it with all this spite for these people and we're going to face them and then you have a physical villain in the show? You would think that, except <laughs> at the end of the first episode, the guy who we've been following is the guy who created it. Oh. And he's trying to stop it. Oh, so they went that direction instead. Instead of yeah. having due to created AI be the villain, they instead were like, oh, I can't believe that my creation has gone haywire. I need to stop it. It's, okay. I knew this was going to happen. I tried to warn you this was going to happen. Right. And now it's happening. Did it anyways. And now I'm going to work with the FBI to help try and stop it from happening. The Einstein effect, if you will. Like the guilt of having helped develop something. I think it's that... the Frankenstein effect. I mean, yes, to both counts, but yes. <laughs> yeah, where, where the guilt catches up and you're just like, okay, well, now I have to work on the solution, essentially. Right. Makes sense. But that's why so, I got canceled. It's because yes. there's no physical thing you're attacking. Mm-hmm. It's all happening to you, so you're reacting constantly. So not not worth checking out for even not people who are curious about a one-season wonder at Fox. Yeah. Also, the naming for each episode was... File number one, file number two, <laughs> file number three, file number four. Very uncreative naming. Yeah. But what's next after next? What else did you watch? Uh, okay, I'm going to get to the two returning shows real quickly. Okay. I got a lot to say about the, the last show. Oh, boy. So Good Doctor returned and being a show about doctors... Yes. And being a show that takes ripped from the headline stories, guess where they went with the first episode? Let me guess COVID 19. Oh, wouldn't you know? You were right. Hey, what do you know? That's what they're doing for the second episode. Let me guess. Still COVID 19. You're right. It's a two parter. Hey, <laughs> good at this game. Anyway. Uh, I know you're getting good at this. Um, it's a yeah good doctor is opening up with a two-parter pandemic episode episodes uh episodes might go into three because you know it is the hard-hitting thing going on right now who can say and then it's uh then if we go to a game seven then you know who knows it could be anybody's anybody's game right but because this is the good doctor talking about Mm -hmm. doctors doctors so Real briefly, for those who don't know, Good Doctor is about surgeons. Yes. You can't do elective surgery because of COVID-19. Right. Therefore, the doctors we've been following can't do surgery. Okay. So what do they do? They have to be actual doctors. They have to do be regular type doctors. They have to be regular doctors. They have to <laughs> talk to people. They have to diagnose people. Right. They have to work with people, not just slice and dice. That's an Which interesting opportunity. Which interesting right. uh, yeah. Recall into it. Because you already have a character who's like the whole thing is the tension between his, you know, ish, mental issues and his, the job that he has to do. So you no, add another wrinkle. Issues, it's um, um, societal issues. Yeah. Yes. Communication. Right. Also, because they are doing being quarantined away from their loved ones. They have to pair up and live with each other, as I'm sure most doctors do. I see. Um, you know, in order to not spread more of COVID-19 right. outside of the workplace. Right, right. 
also for those that do have families, you, there's parts of the episode where they go home and they quarantine from their families in the garage because they mm -hmm. don't want them to catch it because they're around yeah. it all day. And the first episode starts with them in the beginnings of the pandemic where we don't know a whole lot mm -hmm. about right. what's going on. Just that people are getting sick. It's airborne. We have no cure. So they're taking every precaution, extra precautions, and you can see it escalate from a doctor's perspective who work in the hospital. Yes, it is highly dramatized, mm -hmm. but at the same time, even for TV, it is in-your-face TV. Right. Also, so does it work? something that's going to get people to watch it. Maybe, yeah. I was gonna say. So, do, so, what are your thoughts? Does it work? Does it add oh, kind it of works. an interesting layer to it? Okay, it works. It's phone putting down TV. <laughs> it's phone down TV. So, this is something you can't play Hades and watch. Is that what you're saying? There are. I mean, when you <laughs> as as my scale goes, if you make me put my phone down or whatever yeah. I'm doing down and make me pay attention to what's on screen, you're doing something right. Yeah. Good doctor does it right. But Hades, though, is different from a phone, and you cannot Hades put, is so good. put it down. <laughs> is what I'm saying. But well, Hades also has these parts where you can stop in between walls. <laughs> Whenever somebody talks, like, I'm just like, all right. I was like, okay, I, okay, I'm done here. Now, what were we doing? Were we going on? I'm going to rewind that back in two minutes until the beginning of the scene. <laughs> I don't have time for you, Aphrodite. I'm putting you down. Anyway. Oh, there's always time for some Aphrodite. I was going to say, I, I personally <laughs> always have time for Aphrodite, but that was just the first name I could come up with. Anyways. <laughs> what else did Anyways, you watch? Uh, I like what they're doing with The Good Doctor. Um, I look forward to more Good Doctor. That is really good TV. Um, I don't want to say I'm happy they're using this pandemic to their advantage, but, mm, but... it's good to see that they are they're able making... to be good writers about it and pivot into something that is very on topic and treat it with such respect yeah. for the doctors who are actually fighting this thing on the front lines. Yeah. That to have that kind of respect and convey it so eloquently is top notch TV. Yeah, they're making some lemons into lemonade, is what it sounds like. Yeah. And speaking of making lemons into lemonade. Okay. That's this is us. Uh, one of its signature lines is taking the worst lemons and making the sweetest lemonades. Wow, I didn't even know I was making a segue there, but uh, apparently no, I'm you just didn't know. <laughs> again, I'm uh, again I'm just really good at this today, I guess. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. So this is so us. This is us. Um, at the end of last season, they always flash forward one year. Or, you know, to the beginning, like, through the setup of where they're going to be when they pick up okay. the following year for the following season. Mm. A little hard for them to predict that we'd be in the middle of a pandemic. No, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have seen this coming. Right. So in order to not lose continuity, because there's three, there's, well, there's three different timelines. <laughs> the future timeline that uh -huh. is eventually happening. The current one, and then the one that happened in the seventies when they were kids. So, so with the current one present. So and with you're saying COVID rules. You're saying there's a this will be us. There's a this is us, and then there's a this was us. Yes. Okay. 
So in order to make this is us very relevant, Mm -hmm. they had to do some clever writing trickery to make sure that the person who's pregnant is pregnant and Mm -hmm. able to walk around. The person who explained away why they weren't wearing masks Mm -hmm. at the end of last season. And then (laughs) explain everything that happened from when we left off to now, Uh including the pandemic and including all the Black Lives Matter movements Uh that happened over the past year. Right, the protests. Because they have currently hit on something that isn't hit on a lot in TV. And that is being a Black man and not having any black role models except for what you see on TV. Mm, okay. And they may have struck gold unannounced here or unwillingly here because they're going to, at least it seems like, send one of their characters who is, I'll say, at the heart of the show, Sterling mm-hmm. K. Brown, right? Has he's become a congressman for the city of Philadelphia. Oh. Well, no, not Congress, but a city councilman. Okay. So it's very different, but okay. Yes. Uh, but he's a figure in the public eye mm-hmm. while these riots are happening in the city. Okay. In a black neighborhood. Yeah. Where he has been raised with white parents and has been not necessarily sheltered but hasn't had anyone around him to tell him why this is bad, why these are happening, Rodney King riots, other stuff that you'd see on TV that he, as a child, mm-hmm. didn't have anyone to help guide him, but him as an adult can now guide his daughters yeah. through through okay. what he sees. Yeah, it's an interesting angle. It's something that isn't touched on and something that can hit really hard over the next season. Oh, yeah. Um, It's also a good way to get rid of, to kind of sidestep the pandemic because you don't want to see it everywhere. But being as it is currently what's going on, it is something that they address and that they move forward with. Uh, It's interesting. Yeah. That continues to be one of the better shows on TV and continually surprises me where they go with it. Looking forward to what they do. Yeah. That's a continuously good show. It's always been nominated for Outstanding uh, Drama Series. It never wins. But it's also one that uh, continues to lose to HBO. No, but yeah, I think Charlie K. Brown did win for supporting actor, even though he's kind of the lead in that thing. Uh, but yeah, This Is Us continues to be great drama television. Okay. Uh, that thing, I don't expect it to end, <laughs> but the creators have said in the past that they do have an end goal in mind. They're just not going to tell anyone. I wonder if all of this kind of maybe pushed that further back, though. I wonder possibly or it opened up new avenues that they weren't thinking of before yeah and kind of like oh maybe we don't have to end it quite as soon as we might have planned we will certainly find out (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, but that's not all you watch. We have one last show. All right, I need to um, <laughs> preface this. You need to confess some sins that were committed over this past week. Uh, so, do you know anything about what's been happening in Bachelor Nation? <laughs> I'll you take think? your silence and deafening waving of the arms as no i don't what do you think the answer to that question is no i don't know if you talk with a friend of the show christy about it she does not care about the bachelor anything so no well i don't I do either not. okay and i still don't and yet you watched the bachelorette this week tell me what what caused this twitter caused this T- twitter caused this okay yes so six o'clock on Twitter, I'm watching, this is Thursday, I'm watching Thursday Night Football, it's a boring game, so I'm browsing Twitter as to what's going on. For some reason, Bachelor and Bachelorette is trending. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, so I open it up and be like, okay, Twitter, what's going on? Clearly, there's a new episode out. And th- it turns out that it's broken. It's broken? Yeah. The What's Bachelorette bro- broke the show. The, bachel- the Bachelorette broke. No, the Bachelorette broke the show. How 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 do you break the Bachelorette? So, what is the concept <laughs> of the Bachelorette? Uh, okay, let me take my stab stab at this. Woman, bunch of men. Men are vying for woman's attention. Uh, there's a rose ceremony at the end of the episode. Uh, she gives roses to the ones she wants to stick around, and people who don't get roses are mm, out there, uh, and it keeps going until there's one. Okay. Wanna how you break that? Okay, how do you break that? You give one rose after three episodes. Wait, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. Or can you? You you can't do that because then or the show's you? over. Then what do they do? Oh no, the show's over then. The show's over? That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm talking about episodes? the Bachelorette. That's what I'm saying as she broke the show. I just... Hold on. I just saw ads for this. Like, they were, like, promoting it. Like, new season of The Bachelorette. What's going to happen? And it ended in three shows? So, Claire, the Bachelorette, uh-huh. um, was announced prior to the show at the end of Last Bachelor, like, as they usually do. And now here's a look at our next Bachelorette. Right. Or who's going to be the new Bachelor, Bachelorette. Um, so it's going to be Claire, a previous contestant on the show, 39-year-old, sure. successful woman. Okay. And so they bring in 30-some-odd guys to, I think it's Palm Springs. Out, uh, They make them quarantine for two weeks before <laughs> production starts. Okay. And then... The show starts, so they start filming um, with Claire. And, you know, it goes as as it happens. Um, I, we only have 25 roses to give. We only have 20 roses to give, mm-hmm. you know, whittling yeah. them down by the early seasons by the swaths. That's supposed to work. Yes. Until the past episode, where she gave out one rose because she went on several dates with the same guy and she didn't want to give a rose to anyone else. Okay. And so much so that she walked out of the ceremony. 
<laughs> okay. And that brings me to me tuning into The Bachelorette, where there are 20, 18, about 18 guys left in the show. Uh-huh. But she only wants to really date one of them. Yeah. But there's 18 other guys trying to win her heart. So what happens? So she requests a one-on-one date with the one guy that she's really interested in. Yeah. They said they have their one-on-one date. And she tells him that the reason that the ceremony didn't go as planned is because she only wants him. Right. Does he only want her? That's a good question. And we get our answer. Okay. Why the show broke or why she broke the show. So he said, yeah, cool. Let's do it. And he proposed. Yeah. Okay. So what does ABC do? What does ABC do? Yeah. What do they do? They give him the the Neil Lane diamond ring. Sure. And he proposes to Claire. But what I mean is after that is over, what does ABC do? What they send everybody home and say that's a wrap? Oh no, they, they bring Chris uh whatever his name, Hansen or whatever, <laughs> back in and tell the guys that uh Dale proposed. Uh-huh. And Claire said yes, and the journey is over. Yeah, so so it's what I just said, right? They send him home <laughs> and the show's over. But what about the weeks and weeks upon programming that ABC was expecting to have from this? Or did they, well Presumably, they knew ahead of time this was going to happen because this is in the can, right? Uh, it has to be done. You'd think so. There was only three episodes, and this premiered like three weeks ago. Then they would have had to have already done it, right? So, yes. So ABC, what are they doing? Are they going to do it? Are they going to immediately take one of the dudes and make a bachelor season right away to fill the gap? So what they do is they end on that uh-huh. in order to leave a suspense for the next episode. <laughs> yes, but what next episode is what I'm saying. The next episode where the transition from The Bachelorette uh-huh. to Love hey, is Blind. Wait. Wait, what? It's a different show. They bring show. in a different Bachelorette. Okay. Sight unseen. Uh-huh. They don't know who it is. What? They bring a, a previous contestant on the ba- that was on The Bachelor okay. to become the new Bachelorette. Okay, so they pulled an audible and were like, all right, let's grab a random Bachelorette from the history of the show, recent history probably, and let's slaughter in now because we have no time to waste. Yes, Okay. but the remaining 16 guys had just spent three weeks trying to vie for one girl. Right, now they have to switch completely to this other woman that they have never seen before. Right, which is okay. Love is Blind. Yes, but they're not call, calling it that. You confuse no, me. No, they're not. No, they're just, they're but still the, the Bachelorette. Still they're continuing. There. So the answer to the question that I've asked the whole time is they're continuing the series. They're just slotting in a new Bachelorette with the remaining contestants and they're going to go through the rest of the season that way. Yes, uh, she's being slotted in, um, trying to win over the remaining uh, men. Yeah. Who, right. by the way, 
after learning that Claire was no longer on the market, uh-huh. had 24 hours to determine if they wanted to continue on the journey uh-huh. or not. Right. Okay. That's that's good that they gave them the option to bail. <laughs> like, well, a couple of them did because 16 remained. Okay. And then Claire showed up, or not Claire, and then new Bachelorette, right? Taisha showed up. And then five guys showed up. The burger, At the place? burger chain. Oh. Five new contestant guys <laughs> showed up. I was gonna say I could go, I could go for a cheeseburger. But the five new contestants <laughs> contestants, eligible bachelors. Yeah, they're contestants. It's a game show. Let's be real. I figure it's a game show. Anyway. Anyways, five new guys show up uh-huh. to live with the other 16 guys who have been there for 16 weeks for three weeks. <laughs> and now they are all trying to vibe for the right. new, new uh, bachelorette okay that makes sense uh, so really it was just like a like a tiny like capsule season and then the proper season starts essentially except on all the promos leading up to it they promoted claire <laughs> the different girl yeah i mean interesting um i mean now that they know that that can happen i imagine that they will start coming up with rules behind the scenes of, to prevent this from happening again oh um, that's the good part. Uh-huh. Because she sought him out. Okay. Even though she did not directly communicate with him prior to the show starting, because they were in quarantine, she knew who the bachelors were. And um, because of social media, she did research. She looked up who they were and mm-hmm. they were posting videos of like, here I am working out in quarantine, <laughs> getting ready for the bachelorette. Here so I am to- cooking food. In yeah. my hotel room, getting ready for the bachelorette. She was able to do research and determine pre-show who she wanted to vie for. Right. But she's not communicating with them. She's just watching them on Instagram. Right. Okay. So, little bit of a hiccup there. Yeah, yeah but you know, you do what you gotta do. You know, they, they can't prevent her from going onto the internet. Right. Yeah. Just like she, they can't prevent her from like searching on on Instagram, hashtag Bachelorette and who's posting. <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay, yeah. clearly they're getting ready for Bachelorette. They're getting ready. But yeah, uh, I have no intention of continuing watching the season. I just needed to bring that up because the show broke and Twitter freaked out and most of the <laughs> people freaked out as well. Uh, yeah, I, I could see why now. Now it makes sense. Yes, that's why we're talking about it. And that's That's why we spent too long talking about it. (laughs) Yes, it is time to move on. Oh, I apologize. It's okay. Not your fault. It's fall. This happens every year because this is the fall television season where we have Mm -hmm. to talk about all the new shows. Uh, It'll eventually slow back down. But we always go from thoughts about television shows that we've been watching into cancellations and renewal. Stuff where you're going to continue watching. No longer watching. Or no longer watch. Exactly. First up, we're no longer watching Interrogation on CBS All Access. I mean, we weren't already, but now we're extra not. It's been canceled after one season on the service. So it will not last into the Paramount Plus uh, holdover. Um, Next up, Netflix is uh, renewing Young Wallander for a second season. I have no idea what that is. They're also bringing back Umbrella Academy for a third season. People were wondering why it had taken them so long to renew it. People worried it was on the bubble. 
not, not the case. It's being renewed. You're all good. Alex Ryder on IMDb TV, which is, I believe, the first time we've mentioned a program on that network. <laughs> I don't know what you call IMDb TV. Um, yeah, is getting a second season. So I guess it already had one. I'm not, not, I'm not sure, but we will find out because that premieres this week ahead. It got a season renewal ahead of its season premiere. Good to know. Probably so, ahead of IMDb TV's uh, release. Yeah, maybe that might be what you're talking about here. And then after, uh, can that's it for cancellations renewals. Next, we have a handful of deaths to talk about. We already talked about the big one, so I'm going to skip it here. Um, but there are some others. Ken Spears, or one other, I should say. Ken Spears, eight, or no, two others. Sorry, I can't read. Uh, Ken Spears, age 82, animator, producer, the Spears in Ruby Spears, in case you're, this sounds familiar to you. Worked on Scooby-Doo, Dynamut, Dog Wonder, Alvin the Chipmunks. I was actually just conveniently listening to an animation history podcast earlier today while I was working. Uh, Spears worked for Hanna-Barbera uh, for a while until eventually spinning off their own, uh, with his partner, uh, their own uh, animation studio later in the 80s. So there you go. Long storied animation history. Then we have Israel Horovitz. Playwright, screenwriter, uh, wrote Author, Author, Sunshine, and you have James Dean here. Uh, I'm guessing this is about the actor. Yes, that is James Dean um, in which uh, James Franco played James Dean, James Dean movie. And then that's Author, Author from Al Pacino starring in that and Sunshine with Ray Fiennes starring in that. There you go. All right, that's it for deaths, which means we move now into music, and you tell us all about the hottest singles on the planet. All right, uh, we always start music with the Billboard, and we start the Billboard with the Hot 100. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. And the hottest single in the land is "Mood" by Twenty Four Golden, yep. featuring Ian Dior. Oh, I thought we would have a different number one. But then again, that may not hit yet. (laughs) We will see. We'll see next week. Uh, Number two, we have Positions by Ariana Grande. Mm -hmm. At number three, Laugh Now, Cry Later by Drake, featuring Lil Durk. Lil Durk. At number four, Moving Up a Slot, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. And at number five, new in the top five, I Hope by Gabby Barrett featuring Charlie Poop. Yep. As for your albums chart, your Billboard 200, reaching that number one slot is indeed Ariana Grande with Positions as we called it last week. Yes. At number two, Pegasus by Trippy Red. At number three, <laughs> Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon mm-hmm. by Pop Smoke. Yep. At four, What You See is What You Get by Luke Combs. And just breaking into the top five, album we talked about last week, 
Yes. Love Goes by Sam Smith. Yeah, just made it. Barely made it. Um, also, not the Pegasus I was thinking of. Uh, <laughs> are you thinking of the other Pegasus now? I was thinking of the one that flies and is a horse. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, a Pegasus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very different. Yes. <laughs> but what if I don't want to listen to anything on the charts? Well, if you don't like any of those, we have new releases. It's true. Uh, and we have Power Up by ACDC. Yes, that ACDC. Um, they've been playing different songs from that album and the interstitials of Monday Night Football, trying to uh, remind you all that ACDC is still a band that puts out new albums. <laughs> is it working? Are you reminded? Uh, I'm reminded because I listen to this very podcast. Ah, I see. Also, yes, I had to remind <laughs> other people that ACDC does indeed have a new album coming out, which is why they're using the, the song. Yes. Uh, we also have Starting Over by Chris Stapleton. Uh, I will probably be checking that out. We also have Trip by Lamb Chop. And lastly... Wilted by Paris Jackson. Yes. 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 That Paris Jackson. Yes, the daughter of Michael. Jackson. Yes. I feel like I didn't have to say that because her last name did not change, but okay. No, but um, (laughs) whenever you get to say Michael Jackson's full name. Uh. Okay, shaking your head no, I guess. <laughs> I try to avoid it. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, moving into music news, our yes. first story, and really both these stories, yes. are updates. Updates. I love yeah. a good update. I saw this, and I'm glad you put it on here. Except this is not a good update. It's a bad well, update. Yeah, but I saw this update, and I'm glad that we have to talk about it. Yes. Because we have to talk about it. Speaking of what we're talking about, and trying to not draw this out any further, but we need to talk about it. You can, you can talk. I get the hurry up single because I need to talk about it. You can talk about pop star, (laughs) not the movie. Not that pop star, not the movie. (laughs) Pop star Britney Spears' bid to remove her father, James Spears, from the conservatorship of her Mm -hmm. estate, has suffered a temporary setback with a Los Angeles court declining the application. Yeah. That's a big, that's, I think that that's not a temporary setback. I think that's a big problem. (laughs) Well, her father, James Spears, has been her co-conservator since 2008 when Britney Spears suffered a very public breakdown. Yes. He became sole conservator in 2019 after attorney Andrew Wallet resigned from his co-conservatorship. In a hearing on Tuesday... Los Angeles Superior Court Judge Brenda Penny declined to suspend James Spears from his conservatorship, mm-hmm. though she did not rule out future petitions for his removal or suspension. Quote, my client has informed me that she is afraid of her father, 
Britney Spears's attorney, Samuel D. Ingram III, told the judge, quote, she will not perform again if her father is in charge of her career, end quote. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack um, here. This I does mean... follow up on the story where yeah. our sister, Jamie Lynn Spears, tried to voice her bid to have mm-hmm. her father removed and have her and her comp her company or her uh, um, label be the consumer. It was mostly her, but yeah, I don't remember the exact stipulations of that story. Regardless, this is bad news. Um, it seems like Brittany is making it clearer than ever that she does not want her dad in charge. Like, period. Right. Uh, you don't um, have it on here, but I thought uh, her, or not her. Uh, I don't know. About don't know what, you're, what you're asking for. Her. Um, <laughs> No, I thought someone else got co was signed on as a co-conservator. So, or was I, a company that was. So I think that that's what they're talking about. About the application being declined because there was a story that we reported on where they tried to move towards a different solution, and I think that that's what the story is: is that the court is basically saying, "Nah, man," and that's why the dad's still in charge. That's my read read on this. I could be skipping a step, but I think that that's what's what brought us here. No, I mean, I think I read somewhere that an estate company was also a co co. Uh, that was in our last story, I think. But I don't know. That must not have any jurisdiction in this. That must not have made a difference. But maybe, I, maybe not. I don't know. We're not experts. We just report what we read. <laughs> so if right. you the listener or watcher or whatever the term is for that if you at home are yelling at your screen right now or to your podcast device uh, you can email us any hot tips that you've got or blanks that you want to fill in mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com is that email address you can also leave it in the comments on the youtube video yes. I, I got it okay you got uh, it from the variety article <laughs> Okay. The financial company Bessemer Trust has been appointed okay. as a co-conservator. That's what I saw. Uh, okay. I guess I only copied the first couple paragraphs. Uh, yeah, because right <laughs> after the advertisement on Variety, that's the first line you see. You you never scroll down past the ad. You never do that. I certainly don't. Because <laughs> then I have to. I can't just copy and paste all of it. I have to. Yeah. Anyway. Right, and this is why I read full ads and not just stuff. <laughs> full ads, I read full articles. Yes. You also, you also don't have to do news after you've worked a full eight, sometimes nine hour shift of work. Uh, so, right, I do it the day before, like a good yeah, exactly, because you have all this time. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, I'm regardless. Anyways, and we. Anyways, we have other stories to talk about, um, mainly dealing with us, partially. Eh, not really. Not partially. This does not really, uh, is not really in our jurisdiction, but... No, but... Um, it will it affect, affect a lot of Amazon's people that are company. on Twitch, though. Yes, it affects Amazon company Twitch. Yes. Because 
after getting blasted by major music industry orgs for turning a blind eye mm-hmm. to the use of unlicensed songs on its service and frustrating, confusing Twitch creators for deleting their videos and copyright violations. Frustrated. Is vowing to do better <laughs> in what okay. appears to be its first official guidance on the issue. Twitch, in a lengthy blog post today, told streamers that they must stop playing recorded music on their streams unless it's officially licensed. Mm -hmm. And that, quote, if you haven't already, you should review your historical video on demands and clips that may have music in them and delete any archives that might. The Amazon-owned live streaming platform also claimed that it is actively speaking with the major record labels about potential approaches to additional licenses that would be appropriate for the Twitch service. However, the company also said that the current constructs for licenses that record labels have with other services, which typically take a cut of revenue from creators for payments to record labels, makes less sense for Twitch. Um, I have been on Twitch relatively more in the past two weeks than I have probably in the past two years. Yeah. I've noticed that people will be playing music in the background while they stream. Yeah. Um, We literally, as this podcast is recording, got an email from Twitch notifying us about uh, the DMCA and how we as creators can help protect from our clips being torn down from yeah. Twitch. Because just like YouTube, they could do takedowns. Um, they could just swoop in. They just have like bots that are scanning for licensed music. The bot catches you, they will remove your video. Um, so yeah, um, it's interesting that Twitch is doing this as a stopgap measure though. The story does mention that they're working kind of also with the licensors to figure out some sort of way they can get special permissions. But until that happens, Twitch is basically telling their user base, hey, yeah, but if you want to avoid, you know, getting stuff taken down, maybe just go through your old stuff and just like take those out and don't play any licensed music anymore. So like they're just trying to like do this as like kind of a wait and see until they figure out the legal way that they can get around it. So be interesting to see what happens with that. Right. I mean, in the email, they do note that Prior to May, they had probably 50 requests a year. Mm -hmm. And they've exploded in the past three months. Because as we had our our story, because the licensing companies are now noticed. They finally basically woke up and realized that this was a burgeoning thing. Uh, And so they were like, well, we got to increase our swooping. Yep. I've seen Twitch (laughs) streams where you can request songs in the chat and a <laughs> bot will play said uh-huh. song in the queue. Can't do that anymore. Uh, you have to put like bits in or whatever to request songs, but... Bits? No, no, no not our bits. Oh. <laughs> like paid bits. Those are the only bits I know about. I don't know what you're talking about. No, no. This is a uh, <laughs> non-profit podcast. <laughs> so far. A no-profit podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's a negative profit podcast because we have to pay into certain things. Uh, so yeah, we'd like that to change though. Hello, hi. Anyway, did you see um, the, stu- the story I don't have because it doesn't really fit nicely into music uh, that dropped today though is that Spotify bought a major uh, podcast ad service today. I did see that a podcast service conglomerate was up for sale. So they're specifically for podcast advertisement and Spotify bought them today. So Spotify looks like they're getting into the direct advertisement game soon. And if Spotify wants to directly advertise on us, please email us. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So who knows what that might mean, uh, if anything. Uh, We'll see. Yep. Uh, Did you listen to any albums? No, no, I did not listen to anything new. Um, there is a new Dan and Shay Christmas song out, but because we are not past Thanksgiving, I will not be talking about yes. it. Yes, December 1st. That's my rule. December 1st, you can talk about Christmas, but until December 1st, you cannot talk about Christmas. See, for me, it's There's after Santa Christmas comes down Broadway. Yeah, no, a lot of comes people have that Avenue. rule. A lot of people have that rule. I'm like, yeah, it's okay, but I personally am a December 1st person. I'm like, if it's still no- November, it is still November. Well, it's cut off. Don't turn on Coast anytime soon because they have started playing Christmas music. <laughs> yeah, well, the good news is, is I don't turn on Coast. And also, I'm never in my car. So <laughs> those two things are true. Uh, let's move on, why don't we? Because we have one more yeah. segment today. Lastly, in video games. Yes, games, video games. games. We made it. Uh, we have new releases this upcoming week. And depending on what you own, you, you may be getting new games. Uh, true. First up, uh, we have Bug Snacks. Bug snacks. Yes, Bug Snacks. Hey, That's bug what snacks. we're talking about. We're talking about yep. bug, bug Snacks. Talking about Bug Snacks for PS4, PS5, and the PC. If you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber, and you know I am, you get Bug Snacks for free. <laughs> oh, free. Free. Go free. Oh, free. That's good. I, I'm very interested in trying out some bug snacks. It sounds, it sounds like a very strange game. I've heard some things this week, uh, post-release, now that the embargo is down and reviews are out, uh, is that apparently that thing has an ending. And I'm going to leave sounds it at that. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Sounds delicious, doesn't it? Yes, it does. We also have The Sims 4, colon, Snowy Escape, for the PS4, <laughs> Xbox One, and PC. Yep. We have Call of Duty, colon, Black Ops, Cold War. Yes. I believe that's dropping today. That is today, 11-11. For Veterans Day. I believe so. Uh, for the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, <laughs> Xbox Series X, and PC. Yeah, aren't you glad we get to do all that? This all this whole transition? Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> we also have Demon's Souls for the <laughs> PS5. And only, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because of your your personal choice of what you're leaving for the last game here is hilarious to me because I feel like most people would have skipped Call of Duty or maybe you're just leaving like Demon Souls for last, but no. Oh no, because <laughs> a lot of PS5 games are dropping this week. Yeah, you can't split them. You have to have them in one group. Yeah. Including Godfall for the PS5 and PC. <laughs> and Sackboy, a big uh-huh. adventure for the PS5 yeah. and PS4. 
and Spider-Man colon Miles Morales for the PS4 and PS5. And the Pathless for the PS4, (laughs) PS5, and PC. What? And then we also like what? I was just gonna say it's almost like the PlayStation 5 is out this week. Uh maybe. Because you have down here the fifth PlayStation 2. Comma two, not the fifth PlayStation Two. <laughs> that's very different sentences. Right, because that's the PS5 Pro. This is the fifth PlayStation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the fifth PlayStation. Yes, uh, yes. that uh, as we noted last week, Xbox came out. Xbox yeah. Series X came out yesterday or yesterday. Then we podcast, yes. and the PlayStation Five comes out tomorrow. Unless you happen to have either a Walmart or Amazon order completely mess up, in which yeah. case you got yours days early. Yeah, or you got an email saying that you won't get yours until December. One of those two hey. apparently happened to people who pre-ordered. <laughs> so uh, good luck out there. This is why I always buy physical. But uh, you skipped a game. Uh, yes, you're right. I did skip a game. Just Dance 2021 <laughs> for the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and the Switch. You skipped another game. Oh, you thought I did skip the game. Uh-huh. Uh, and lastly, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory comes out for yeah. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Switch. Not the biggest uh, release of the week, but you would be, uh, uh, don't blame you for being fooled by the Media Boat podcast with our biases clearly shown here. Oh, it's not a bias. <laughs> My bias is showing where? I thought I was bias is showing. I had everything covered up. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, uh, those are new releases. Celebrating that birthday gift. Thank you very much on the Switch version. Um, being the first Kingdom Hearts game I don't own on a PlayStation. It's like I'm cheating on it or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, we have video game news. We should probably we get to. Uh, first up, Xbox boss Phil Spencer has denied a report that the company is looking to acquire a Japanese development studio. Mm. Late last week, a Bloomberg report cited multiple sources saying that Xbox was reportedly approaching a number of small to big (laughs) Japanese development studios with a view to acquire them. Now, Phil Spencer has thrown some doubt on the report in an interview with GameSpot. Quote, I don't think so. When asked if there was any (laughs) truth to the report, he further went on, quote, I mean, I'm not in every meeting that every team has, but I'll say not for me. Most of the opportunities that we've had to date have been a long-lasting relationship. And so, I don't think we're out there with our business card, throwing them out on the corner, trying to find people. End quote. So, there's a couple of ways you can read this. The easy way to read this is Phil Spencer's just being a very good, like doing very a good job at his job and trying to quell any speculation that may or may not actually be happening. Maybe he does know something, but he doesn't want people to get their hopes up or like 
churning the rumor mill further than it already is. That's one way you can read this. He's doing his job. The other way you can read this is that, no, he's actually like telling the truth here is that there's nothing that he, would be on his radar, which is saying a lot because usually these things are on his radar. Usually he's the one out in front saying at their, at their you know, showcases and being like, I was personally involved in this, in this acquisition. I worked with blah, blah, blah company for years and I'm happy to have them on our team. So the fact that he's so usually upfront about these uh, kind of things, especially recently with like their acquisitions, such as the recent one uh, of Bethesda, that that leads credence to him telling the truth here. So, right. but the, I think this might be someone putting two and two together with mm-hmm. either Capcom or Konami. Yeah. Look so, for other for potential buyer. That's the other half of the story, right? Is that this is not a recent rumor. This is a rumor that's been going on probably for the last five years of Xbox, and the target has changed over the years. You mentioned Konami, which was the first kind of idea uh, post the Kojima breakup, uh, kind of coincided with the whole like pivot that the company made to pachinko and parlor games there was speculation about microsoft kind of taking the games part of konami that was the first time we heard this rumor the second time we heard this rumor was about capcom as you said where um capcom was kind of failing their big games hadn't worked but then a little game called monster hunter world came out and it sold better than any game that they'd ever made and that kind of ended the conversation. That rumor kind I mean, of They're died. kind of making a movie out of it. So yeah, exactly. The game was big enough to, quote, save Capcom, according to people um, who are close to the company. And so maybe they didn't need an acquisition anymore. And then the most recent version, uh, which kind of hap- started happening end of last year, I want to say, was this talk about Sega being a potential target. That was always kind of weird to me because Sega, as a company, doesn't quite need in my mind, like that kind of acquisition because they got so heavily into Western development recently. They became kind of a, a, a publisher for a lot of like strategy games, Western strategy games. And that's kind of pivoted their relationship. Um, but then you also have recent stories about them selling off their, uh, their hardware, their arcade hardware division. So, you know, there's a lot of questions. Um, but to have Phil Spencer basically come out and unequivocally say, I don't know about any plans, guys, I think maybe silences this for now. I think it's still possible that they could have another acquisition up their sleeves, um, maybe early next year before we see the end of the end of the, the fourth quarter in March. Uh, but I don't know. I don't. I'm going to take Phil Spencer as word here because he's usually involved in these kind of things, and I'm going to say probably not. I'm going to say that Phil Spencer has been mainly focused on a successful Xbox Series X and Xbox <laughs> Series S launch. Yeah, he has other that, things on his plate right that, now. That's what he wants to talk about because that's what he wants to get the word out. And yeah, I, I think any acquisition we see will be Q1 of next year yeah. after March. Yeah. Uh, well, they, they need to get through the holiday season. They need to get people buying the new xbox series x in order to justify another purchase right right well yeah we'll we'll wait and see but the interesting kind of other uh, other wrinkle that i'll just real quickly say to this is that sony has been talking about their relationship with japan as well with the playstation and these numbers that i'm about or i don't have specific numbers but this fact that i'm going to tell you might shock you do you believe 
that the PlayStation 4 did not sell as many uh, units in Japan as the PlayStation 3 did? No, I thought... See, if you were to say the PlayStation 4 <laughs> didn't outsell the Xbox, I would have believed you. So I think that's right. It did outsell but, the Xbox, yes. The Xbox yeah. One did not do well in Japan. Right. But it did not sell as much as the PS3? Yes. The PS3 mm-hmm. has easily outsold uh, the PS4 in Japan, apparently. Most of Sony's business was here in the U.S. Uh, I would believe that with the grainest of salt, <laughs> because when the uh, PS4 was coming out, there were rumors that they were going to spell out four, mm-hmm. because the number four is considered bad luck in Japan. I mean, that being said, it's still it's an interesting like, kind the of grainiest of grain salt with that. But, but what I'm saying is it's an interesting kind of wrinkle to this because you, when you ha- when you're Microsoft and you have your competitor Sony basically out here saying for this console generation they are one not going to focus so much on Japan, two going to move a lot of operations to Europe even though that's already something that was in process during the PS4 generation. Uh, if you're Microsoft, you're probably looking at that and being like, is there an untapped market here? Is there, is there potential if we really go in and focus? Could there be a groundswell for a Microsoft platform here if the Japanese feel like they're being ignored? If the, I'm just saying that if you're Phil Spencer, that's probably in your head. And so while he's saying no right now, that might be an angle that they have that maybe they didn't have before because of how dominant Sony has been. But of course, the other thing that neither company is talking about is that it is Nintendo country over there, is the Switch has done incredibly well. Um, And that is the real story here, is that they're not buying the traditional consoles because they're buying Switches. Right, they're playing mobile games. and Like Genshin Impact. (laughs) Yes, yes, but it is, well, maybe, I don't know actually how well it's doing in Japan as a Chinese product. Uh, but yeah, um, it's really the, the the story here is that the Switch is kind of pivoting people away uh, from Playstations, which is something I didn't think I would live to see, but here we are. And yet here we are. And yet here we are. So let's get away from speculation and talk about yes. actual cold hard cash. Cold hard acquisitions. All right, let's do this over again, okay? Take two. <laughs> I mean, yes. Take Two Interactive. Take Two, the company. Yes, you may the company. Know them as the big overlords that uh, own companies such as uh, Rockstar and um, Gearbox and others. Yep. Well, Take Two Interactive has confirmed that it's reached a deal to acquire Codemasters for about nine hundred ninety-four dollars. Yes. No, million dollars. Million? Holy, Not just $994. I think Codemasters is worth a little bit more. They make a lot that's of those racing games. Dollars there. <laughs> yes, $994 million. It was revealed that the two companies were in the negotiating stages mm-hmm. last week, but now terms have been agreed upon, and the deal is set to close in the first quarter of 2021, mm-hmm. meaning March or April. Yes. In a statement via Business Wire, Take-Two spoke on the benefits of bringing Codemasters' expertise in developing racing games into the fold. Quote, Codemasters has a renowned history of creating some of our industry's most beloved and commercially successful racing franchises, 
And we believe that their offerings will be highly complementary to our sports portfolio and enhance further our organization's long-term growth, <laughs> said the Take-Two CEO, Strauss Zelnick. Yes, Strauss so Zelnick. A the lot best. Of, that's a very CEO speak. Uh -huh. We bought you. Yeah, it's very businessy. Honestly, this is not. This is only a big story because Codemasters has been around for forever. If you recall, very very early Codemasters made the freaking game genie way back in the Genesis Super NES days. That's for all my uh, '80s kids out there. Um, Sorry, Matt, you're uh, dating yourself there. I mean, I'm not one of them. I'm just saying that people a generation before us would have used the crap out of some game genies is what I'm saying. Anyways, so Codemasters is a long-standing name. Nowadays, as this story mentions, they're mostly just making racing games. They make those racing games. Like, uh, that's pretty much what they do. Uh, but, so really, this is not a huge story as it pertains to impact. Like, we're not going to know the difference between a Codemasters game put out yesterday and one put out under the Take-Two banner. It's really just a business transaction, but still a big story as it, you know, when it comes I mean, to anything that reaches a billion dollar acquisition is newsworthy. Yeah, I would think. I mean, it's so. more newsworthy than um, Cyberpunk 2077 may or may not actually hit their release date. Yeah. Uh, but that does it for video game news. Yes, that is it. And while my game will be coming out this upcoming weekend. <laughs> right, we'll talk about Melody of Memory next week. That is next week's game. Your sure. game came out last week. Well, I talked about last week how there was a bunch of games coming out this week. Um, right, because the Xbox Series X was being released. Right. And so Xbox Series X needed a lot of new games to hit Game Pass. Yes, and they did. In fact, I just want to briefly say, for those of you who do have Game Pass... EA Play content, the vaulted EA Play content, is officially on the console Game Pass. So if you go onto your Xbox, you'll be able to play the last few years of EA Sports titles. That includes up to the 20 year for uh, most of the games. So Madden 20, FIFA 20, etc. cetera. Uh, as well as a bunch of other back catalog EA games. Uh, some of the PopCap games are included here, uh, like your Zumas and your Be Bejeweleds. Uh, you can also uh, play games such as Titanfall 2, um, all of the battlefields, uh, all the console battlefields are on there, including Bad Company, uh, so going as far back as the 360 generation. So yeah, there's a lot of new Game Pass games, in other words, uh, thanks to that EA Play Edition. And then on top of that, as you mentioned, new games. Uh, I mentioned last week that I wanted to try some Fuser, Harmonix's new game. I did not get to play Fuser this week. Also, the Destiny 2 expansion, Beyond Light, is out. I also did not have time to play that. I also noticed that there was um, queues uh, for logging into Destiny 2 uh, because of the big rush to get there during the expansion. So I might wait until next week to try to get in, just in case there's some server issues. But there was one game that I did have a chance to try because how could I not? It is an expansion of our twenty of the Media Boat Podcast 2018 Game of the Year, in fact. Uh, our One of our favorite games for the last few years, Tetris Effect, has gotten a brand new expansion and is now on Xbox and Microsoft's Game Store on Windows. All right, so even though 
there is little multiplayer in this. Tell me about Tetris Effect Connected. So yes, Tetris Effect Connected is what the new one is called. And you may think that there is limited multiplayer in this. And I went in thinking that there wasn't a whole lot going on in the multiplayer section. But let me tell you, I was wrong. They have done a lot with the multiplayer modes here, uh, competitive and co-op. And it's almost its own little game inside of Tetris Effect. So first, what I'll say is if you're uh, not a PlayStation 4 owner or uh, hate the Epic Game Store for whatever reason, and you haven't played Tetris Effect, the good news here is that the original Tetris Effect is here and is just as good as it used to be. I did a full run through the journey mode uh, first thing when I downloaded this thing. Still great. Uh, really looks looked really fantastic on my computer. Um, I don't have an HDR monitor, so I didn't get the full effect, but it was still still looked pretty good. Although, I do want to note, I did not expect Tetris Effect to be the first game to give me a little bit of a chug on my graphics card. I had cranked everything up to Epic and um, one level. Everything ran smooth, except for one level that I guess just had little too many uh, particle effects um, that throughout the entire gameplay through that one level, it was frame, the frame rate took a nosedive. Everything else, well, though, is that just like too many particle effects then, or is it just that's what I'm saying? Is I wonder, yeah, I'm wondering if that specific level, just the effect that it had in the background, was too much for my graphics card on that setting. So I might have to crank it down a little bit to make up exactly. for that. So that might just be user error. But at the same time, though, this thing's pretty beefy. I was expecting it to last and not be strained by a Tetris game, but here we are. <laughs> That's PC gaming for you. You never know what you're going to get. Right, but that single player, single player, is the same single player. You but get yes, into any of, of the multiplayer. What? I'll get there. Jeez. <laughs> Calm your horses. Um, so yeah, if the so that's good news. If you haven't played the best game that was released in 2018, now you have a chance. Um, I and it's on Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass on console or on the PC, it's on both versions. So there you go. But yeah, the new big new addition here is the the uh, multiplayer modes. So there's local and online, um, as well as friend specific uh, parties. So all of your options are there for Tetris Mayhem. So the traditional Tetris battle mode does not appear here. There's no traditional like uh, I'm playing Tetris against uh, one other person, and depending on how well I do blocks are dropped on them or blocks rise from the top or on the bottom, which is how they do it. Most modern interpretations. There is, however, a version called zone battle, which is kind of like that, but there's bonus to, but the bonus and the real attacks come from when you use the zone function from the single player mode, the one that kind of slows down time and lets you kind of uh, plan your attack, uh, plan your, your block dropping more specifically. That is a mode. So that's the main competitive mode. It's a lot of fun um, getting into that zone and just like getting like an octa Tetris and just like seeing the giant blue blocks like appear uh, on your opponent's screen in real time is pretty rad. Um, I was doing pretty well with it. I, I won most of my matches. I lost one really badly though. So there's some Tetris pros out there, but it was day one. So who knows? They might be propagating every minute. So it might be impossible to win now already, who knows? Um, but it's cool, it's a really cool mode and 
there's a rank system in it. They've gone full like battle pass with this thing without actually having a battle pass. You level up, there's avatars to unlock, there's tiers depending on your overall global rank of you know how many times you've won that increases every time. Then the, there's other competitive modes. There's a competitive mode that is based on um, a score attack. So it's not directly, you're not actually directly affecting the other person with garbage blocks. It is literally just, you're both playing marathon and whoever lasts the longest wins. And there's even the classic mode, which removes not only all of the Tetris effects trapping, so no zone mode, uh, uh, but also removes even like, modern Tetris things as the hold, like no swappable hold block. There's all, it also removes fast dropping. Um, and it's basically supposed to uh, imitate the ga original Game Boy Tetris. So there's even that for people who want to have the purest version of that marathon mode as possible. But the real star here is the co-op mode, which is the coolest new edition that they have in this game. And the thing that I will absolutely re recommend anybody who has Game Pass to give this a shot because it's super, super cool. So it's a three on computer mode. So there's three com human uh, competitors and then a um, computer boss, essentially. You start by playing individual Tetris in your individual wells, but a meter fills up every time somebody does a move, like does well at Tetris. Those meters are comprehensive over all three players. So once that meter gets to the full circle, you all three wells of all three people are united into one super long, super wide well. And then you take turns person for person, blocking, dropping blocks, in kind of a big zone mode, like the zone mode for the single player Tetris. Right. This was part of the new, uh, part of that teaser that they showed, yes. like the three different Tetrises all combining into one super Tetris. Yeah. And it feels so cool when it happens. You know how like there's this like spiritual kind of like togetherness message to Tetris effect, even in the regular journey mode. Well, they found out a way to make it make the actual gameplay feel like that. Because some people, some critics of the original Tetris Effect were like, yeah, there's all that like feel connected, we're all together in the world kind of stuff, but it doesn't actually affect you're playing Tetris. And so it seemed like a disconnect. This co-op mode actually manages to feel like they were able to translate that into actual gameplay. Because when you do feel like you're working together because you're only allowed to drop one block at a time, you kind of almost have to help each other out. You can even move your shadow over to be like, hey, you got the, you got a line block. You need to, I'm going to show you that this is the best place to put that line block. It does, however, point out that there's not, there's a lot of people out there that are not very good at Tetris. And if you're not good at Tetris, you're going to encounter, you're going to get to that when you're going to genuinely not know the best place to put your block. There's no voice chat. So you can't necessarily explicitly tell someone unless you're in a friend party and there is. Um, you should put that there. So I, I want to try this with some friends potentially uh, to see if that, that changes the dynamic, if that adds to like the feeling of working together. But even with no voice chat, there is a feeling I got where I was like, oh, it's cool that we're working together to beat this boss. It was genuinely cool. Like, and a feeling that you don't get in a puzzle game. 
they managed to somehow make the feeling of being in a, a raid in like a MMO or like Destiny and made that into a Tetris. It's like literally like it's a raid. It's not too dissimilar to the Pokemon thing I was telling you about with the new expansion, the Pokemon uh, Dynamax raids, where you're because you're all doing it at the same time and working up towards defeating a central foe, it is a cooperative feeling that you're not used to getting in, a, in that game either. So yeah, I think it's really, really cool. Um, it definitely takes a new spin on it. I want to try it with friends. I want to try it with people locally someday when we're allowed to have local things again uh, because I want to see how like the ultimate version of that and I think the ultimate version of that is having two other people that you actually know and are in the same room and you're all working together would be super rad but yeah Tetris Effect if it wasn't so similar to the game that we you know played in 2018 I would say this would be my game of the year this year I'm not allowing myself to put it on my list because it's essentially an expansion but man, if this, these multiplayer modes are that good and they do warrant people who already play Tetris Effect, I think you should still return and play this. So three things on that. One, <laughs> we're all in this together. <laughs> yes, the high school musical of Tetris games. Yes. Two, people have different styles of playing Tetris where mm-hmm. I try and build the wells and you just delete everything as it comes up. You can create a line, you create a line. So that used that to be that used to be the case for me, but I feel like Tetris Effect kind of changed my my play style. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing is that the the well is so wide in the, the in the in the in the new mode that you kind of don't have that many options. You have to basically place it wherever it will make any lines at all. Because if you recall, the thing about the zone mode in Effect, it's not about t- making Tetrises at all. Tetrises are good, but they're worth the same as individual lines. You're really trying to make as many lines as you can before the zone mode expires. And so, yeah, I guess to answer your question, it is more about individual lines at that point, because with such a wide well, you're going to have less options to do a Tetris. All right. And lastly, you mentioned this was a 2018 game and therefore cannot be um, (laughs) eligible for game of the year here. I'm making that call because I think that it's, even if it is a new title, it is not a new video game. It is an existing video game. I'm seeing it as a port with a new mode. Is what I'll call it. Along with this, though. Okay. What? Hades was released in 2018. That's different because Hades was not a was not a finished product, and they did not advertise it as so until this year. When you. Do a wiki search. It says video game 2018. Well, it's wrong. <laughs> and I think that you'll see a bunch of the other video game websites make the same distinction that an early access game, if the developer calls it an early access game, is different from a final release. They called this 1.0. So I think Hades is exempt. I think Hades is a new game in 2020. Okay. <laughs> uh, I just played more Hades. Uh, I cleared oh, yeah. it with the gauntlets now. Hell yeah. I haven't had any luck with the gauntlets. I got very, very, very close to a spear run. Very, very, very close. Um, If you want to feel inept, there is a 25 minute cold or new file game speed run finishing the first first one run. Oof. Okay. Makes me feel good. Yeah. (laughs) So one, it's done in 25 minutes. Two, it's done with a sword. Three, 
you don't you don't have any of your buffs. Yeah, right. They have nothing. Right. But they beat it because speedrunners. Yikes. Can't wait to see this being run next month at AGTQ. I believe it will be there. I think it's a bonus, mm-hmm. but yeah, Hades yeah. will be at AGDQ next week. Can't, or next can't year. wait. <laughs> uh, and with that, I think we're done here. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Boat Podcast for this fine day. If you are wondering how you can see more of us, well, I got some plugs for you. We're in the Media Boat Podcast. You can find us in video form on YouTube. If you go to youtube.com, search Media Boat Podcast, you can find our page. Like, comment, subscribe, watch our old episodes, watch some video game stuff. I might do more streaming now that I have a proper streaming setup here uh, with graphics and inlays and all sorts of things. I've been thinking about it. So I might do that with some Tetris maybe sometime this week. Check it out. Those archives uh, will go up download on Download OBS for that. That will definitely help you. We'll see. I think this thing has recording built into it. So I might mess with that. Anyway, uh, we can also, you can also hear us in audio form, traditional podcast style, via all sorts of podcast services, such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Google, Spotify, even. Wherever you get your podcast, just type in Mediabo Podcast and you'll find us in our archive of shows. You can also email us, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. You can see our website where we have some of our older writing, mediaboatpodcast.com. You can also see us on social media. On Twitter, our handle is at mediaboatcast. Um, uh, On Facebook, just search mediaboatpodcast. You'll find our page and all sorts of other places. Uh, So thank you again for joining us this week. We'll be back next week but thoughts about kingdom hearts melody and memory we'll have thoughts about more tv i'm sure as more things start premiering you forgot we have a discord uh search yeah for boat podcast i haven't checked out the discord boat. yet boat um, discord. i've been streaming on twitch uh for the masters coming up pga yes golf you can watch someone awesome completely <laughs> break the uh tournament records by shooting minus 12 under par Uh, so yeah you can do all that at you can see all that at twitch.tv slash media boat as well as some older archive footage of other video games we played and i think that will do it for this week's episode